Hello. We want to thank you for joining our Living Messiah family by downloading this podcast. We hope it blesses you and enriches your life. We also want to encourage you, uh, if you can, and if your heart is so moved, to support this ministry by going on our website, livingmessiah.com, and donating to help us to put these podcasts in every nation, every place, so we can bring these messages to change lives, to help people grow in the Word of God. Once again, thank you so much for being part of our family. Shalom. All right. Well, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I'm glad all of you are here. Let me open in prayer, and then uh, we can get into um, our portion in Matthew, okay? Father Yahuwah, we give you great thanks. Father, we thank you for another wonderful Shabbat, a day that you've set apart. And Father, we do delight to enter in. And Father, we're entering into it with joy. And Father, we need your direction, your insight in our lives. We need the empowerment of your spirit so we can overcome all things. Because you say if you are our Elohim, you are our God, then there is nothing that we can't overcome. And Father, we trust these words. We trust in whom you sent. That's your son, Yahshua. And what he, what he has done, your very words became flesh, Father. And we thank you for that love that he had shown. And he's bringing us back to you, Father, in your commandments. Amen. All right. This is awesome. So um, as normal, like I always say, um, the mic will be going around. So uh, just raise your hand if you have any comments. Let me get into it a little bit here so we have something to discuss, maybe. Um, and all you do is raise your hand and the mic will make its way. And then what I do ask is like, make sure um, it's on point of what we're talking about. And the, the other part, try to make it brief if you can, because maybe there's other brothers and sisters that, that may have something that they'd like to share as well. So we are starting a new chapter today. Woohoo! Isn't that great? And it's like, it's like it was like, uh, like a month and a half or so, we are in chapter 22. But uh, this chapter 23, we're, we'll start today, but it's a continuation here. So we got to remember that even in generally in just scripture itself, just because there's a chapter break doesn't mean that the subject has stopped and it's on a new subject. So you got to go back and make sure that there isn't this big halting of one idea and all of a sudden a new one's coming out. A lot of the times it's a continuation that's going on through and should be continued through. And that's especially here in Matthew 23 where we're picking up. Because Yahshua, he's in the midst of a conversation, mainly three groups that he's talking to, okay? We started with the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the scribes. And at the same time, who's present too is just a group of general people and the followers of Messiah as well. So they're all, all are present um, for the most part is how I'm understanding the text and looking at it. So now, and this is the big thing, and I know I've repeated this over and over again in several different ways, and I'm running out of different ways to repeat this same subject, but the setting is Passover, the time, and the, time, the Passover time in Jerusalem, we're in that three, four to three days before the Pesach, or the Passover, the sacrificial lamb uh, actually happens, okay? So we look at that, and we can also see that shadow picture of Messiah, Yeshua's there in Jerusalem at this time. So in some ways, he is just like that lamb that was in the Exodus, that first Exodus, 
where they brought it in for those four days and scrutinized it, make sure for it, no blemishes, that it was, it was worthy before the Almighty for them to go ahead and slain that lamb and put the blood on the doorpost. So we see that same picture because they're kind of scrutinized. When scrutinizing Yahshua here, feeling him out, putting forth some, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, questioning him on certain things and how his viewpoints were. And, and, and at the same time, I don't think that's unnecessarily wrong. Because I think all of us should be doing that all the time when we're looking at scriptures, when we're talking amongst brothers and sisters, always going back to the text and analyzing so we all can uh, glean from what the text and what our Father has for us in our lifestyles and in other, other areas as well. So, um, so let's get on to Matthew 23, verse 1. And Yeshua spoke to the crowds and his taught ones, saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in the seat of Moses, or Moshe. Therefore, whatever they say, uh, whatever they say to you, guard, and um, to you, to guard, guard and do. But do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. So this is kind of interesting, okay? So is this, right off the bat, is this saying, okay, Messiah has been scrutinizing some of what the Pharisees do and say. But yet, on the other hand, as Messiah comes saying, well, do everything that they say, tell you to do. Okay? So it might be confusing. So this is uh, what I've discovered or going through, the way of maybe looking at what's happening here. Okay? So, so first, and at the same time, we see... Um, in Luke 20, it reads this way as well. And I know there's some, uh, some new people with us, not really new. They've been with us. We've known them for a long time. But what I try to do is not just looking at the witness of Matthew. We try to look at the witnesses from uh, Luke and John and the other epistles as well uh, to get a better understanding of what's happening. Okay? So in Luke, in hearing of, the pe- uh, hearing of all the people, he said to his taught ones, beware of the scribes who who like to walk in long robes and love greetings in the set-apart places, in the best seats in the congregations, in the best places at the feast, who devour widows' houses and, and for a show make long prayers, they shall receive their great judgment. Now, Mark 12, uh, 38, pretty much, uh, 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 12, 38, pretty much says the same thing as well. It has the same context and the same, it's almost word for word, okay? So, now, but why I'm bringing that up is with this concept, we have to go in. So let's continue in Matthew, okay? And bear with me here as we go. Uh, for they, uh, so Matthew continues, for they bind heavy burdens, hard to, hard to bear, and lay on uh, men's shoulders. But with their finger, they do not wish to move them. And they do all their works to be seen by men, and they make their uh, tefillim wide and lengthen the zitziot of their garments, or the zitzits, okay? And they love the best places at the feasts and the best seats in the congregation and the greetings in the marketplace and all to be called by men, rabbi, rabbi. But you do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Messiah, and you and... And you are all brothers. 
And do not call anyone on earth your father, or one, or one is your father, he who is in the heavens. Neither be called leaders, for one is your leader, the Messiah. But the greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall, shall be exalted. So why I wanted to go through all that, it, it, it will help give us a context, and I, what I'm going to try to do is separate out something here so we can understand at least how, I would, how I'm going to present how I'm understanding it I want to share with you. Okay, so, but all this... I want to focus on the seed of Moses because that's where it all began, okay? Because what I found in the past, uh, some of our upbringings uh, are where we've come out of, there seems to be no difference uh, in some of the things that we now see. And what I mean is there's the oral law and traditions, and then there is the Torah, what is written, okay? And sometimes that's getting... Uh, at least for me, I can say growing up, looking back, all that was clumped into one, and we, we were in some ways taught that all that was done away with in some sort. When there's uh, little pieces in there that are, are not to be grouped with one another, meaning the, just because it says the Torah, okay, doesn't mean that it's talking about the Torah of Moses. It very well could be talking about what is written, which they consider Torah or a teaching as well, which ends up to be the commandments of men or, or traditions, okay? So we're going to look at this. So, so with the seed of Moses, and that's where I want to focus first. And Yeshua spoke to the crowds and his taught ones, saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in the seat of Moses. Therefore, whatever they say to you to guard, guard and do, but do not do according to their works. For they say, and they do not do. So what's the seed of Moses? We should be asking ourselves, okay? What's the seed of Moses? Okay, it was rhetorical, but let me hear what these guys have to say. I have two hands up. Wait, wait till the mic comes to you. Um, in a previous sermon, I've heard that like the seat of Moses was an actual like seat when they sat down. They were only allowed to read the Torah. They couldn't like explain or talk about it. Like to do that, they'd have to get up. So when they're in the seat of Mo Moses, they were only saying God's actual word. So whatever mm -hmm. was there was obviously valid because they couldn't add interpretation. Yes, I read something along the same lines as that as well too, and we'll we'll look at that as well. And then we have a. Uh, uh, Go ahead, brother. Isn't this also getting into the linguistics where Yeshua was telling them do as Moses instructs you to do, not as the Pharisees, the Prushim? In some ways, I, I, we're going to go there. Shem Tov okay. in the book of Matthew. I'll show you how it's there. And then... Yeah, these uh, Pharisees were very uh, superior. They were acting like they were better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me when uh, Jesus, Hashua, uh, confronted Nicodemus. When uh, Hashua asked him, you know, uh, don't you study the law? Don't you know what the law says, what the Torah says? Mm -hmm. And I understand. But if, uh, thank you, uh, Joe. But... On one hand, he's saying those who sit in the seat, do everything that they're telling you to do and guard and do. 
So we're at a dilemma here. Is that including all the traditions and all the commandments that they're making up because they're in a position or in this particular seat? Go ahead, Mark. So the, the Greek is uh, cathedra for the word chair. Mm-hmm. And this cathedra, if you take it back into uh, the Septuagint, find out where that word is used in the Septuagint, and then you can find the Hebrew word. The Hebrew word is moshav. Moshav. Oh, that's uh, like uh, dwelling. Uh, dwelling. Mm, that's interesting. So uh, um, let me start here with this part, okay? So the seed of Moses. Okay, like a brother said here, uh, the Shem Tov of Matthew has it words this way. Therefore, all that he tells you to do, do observe, but do not do according to their deeds, for they say and do not. Which that sounds like, oh, that wraps it up right there, and that's all quick, because it is referring to Moses. Do what Moses says, you know, but don't do as the Pharisee says. Well, in my research, as much as that looks beautiful, and at one time, i like, wow, yeah, that solves everything. Actually, I can't go by that. And why I tell you that? Because it pops up in the Shem Tov, okay? Out of nine copies that we have of this Matthew, okay? It pops up twice that it's, it's recorded this way. But they're all coming from one source. So those two coming from one source, that means there's only one source, okay, from the Hebrew Matthew. And, but yet we have abundance of the Greek and the Aramaic, which are hundreds of years way before the Shem Tov, okay? So we got to go back to the they thing, okay? Do what they tell you, okay? And why I say that is because I think it, it will make uh, more sense, possibly. And we only have that one little witness versus all these others, okay? So that's the avenue I'm going to take you down, okay? So as much as that... Doesn't that make more sense right there? That kind of cleans it up. But I think in some ways they could be both. You know, and, 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 um, and this will make, hopefully this will make sense. Where uh, the understanding is to, be underst- is to be understood the he, okay? Even though in the Greek and the other texts it says do what they say. Because remember, where are they sitting? In the seat, singular, of Moses. Okay, so the Greek manuscripts, like I said, are hundreds of years older than the Shem Tov. The Greek reads they, as do the Aramaic manuscripts, which some are hundreds of years older than the Shem Tov Matthew as well. So we have, um, like I said, more witnesses uh, with the they idea. So, so this seat is singular, and they are then collectively singular in some way. Did I say that right? I'm not that great at grammar and English, but you know what I mean? You do have the seat of Moses and they collectively as one sit because they don't all, do they all take turns in this seat of Moses? Which I got to tell you, archaeology has found these seats, but none of them says Moses sit here. Okay? That was a joke. <laughs> all right, but they did find these, uh, these chairs, Okay. And like uh, the sister Melissa was saying, some of them had holes in them for, and they thought maybe the Torah scrolls were read from there. But then you, um, but there's it's too hard to really say if that was the case because they did find it in some other synagogues, but not in all of them. Um, 
but they did find seeds, uh, which I think they're, uh, what, the, what, what I'm going to get to is what they're referring to. Barry, I'll let you go. By what authority? That's one of the key things here it is the seed of Moses. And it has to do with authority. That's probably not what you meant, right? But, but they're sitting in a seed of Moses, okay? So this is, okay, what is this seed of Moses? And archaeology, like I said, has found these chairs or whatever. Um, so what I'm going to present to you that it's an idiomatic expression, okay, here. No different, um, not that it's a literal seat. And if there is seats, all right, it doesn't mean that, okay, because that one sat in that seat, he has his odd authority, whatever. I think it's no different how our government runs. We have the Senate seat, right? Okay, yeah, there is seats they sit in, but it's talking about a position, okay? And that position is set for particular things. John. Uh it's interesting that, did you know that the Supreme Court of the United States, he's, they have a statue of him, and Moses, in, the, in his seat, in the, <laughs> and he's actually in the center part of that thing. Isn't he up on the Capitol? Right. Even up, carved in the marble? Right. And yeah. he's, there's other people on his side, but he's in the center, seat of Moses. Yeah. So, uh, so there's a seat of Moses. Thank you, John. So archaeology, like I said, has found chairs, but it seems it still means to me a position that one's going to hold. So if we can operate from that, I'm going to take you back to the Old Testament and try to prove to you my point. Mark. So there is one other, or two, two other instances where this um, Greek word for English here in Matthew 23 is also used for the word uh, shavet, and it means also like moshav means seat and dwelling. Or to shavet, dwell. yeah. Shavet means seat and dwelling and place. What's interesting it says this abstract sense uses seat as a technical term for a judicial seat or throne, oftentimes referring to the throne of uh, David or Solomon. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad for that extra. So take what Mark says. We're going to take that and go back and start maybe building on something. Because my point in my life or in, uh, in my walk in the scriptures, so to speak, is, and like I've been showing you guys, everything that we've seen Messiah's been talking about in Matthew, we've been going back to the Old Testament and really getting the foundation of the ideas that are there and bringing them forward instead of, coming to the New Testament, rejecting the ideas, and bringing in our own kind of concepts, all right? Um, so that's, for me, I think that's very important. And actually, I hopefully I've been showing you how much Scripture actually flows much better, and he makes more sense, does he not, you know? So, so again, my, I personally think it's referring to a position of judging, whether it's a physical chair, um, uh, or not, let's just stick with that idea, okay? We're going to go to the Old Testament um, and see. And the other thing, I want to see how that can be applied today for us. Okay, see, that's the other part, okay? Because we, we read the New Testament, and sometimes we'll sit back, oh, that's all great wording, and what did he say? How's that for my life? You know what I mean? Because it seems so foreign, okay? So hopefully, depending on how we go along, that I can show you how that can be a practical application 
that sometimes we're actually doing already, but that we can even do amongst ourselves, okay? So let's look at some verses here, okay? Like I promised. Job 29, then I, and this is Job speaking, Old Testament, then um, I went out to the gate by the city to take my seat in the open square. The young men saw me and hid, and the age rose up. They stood. Rulers held back their words and laid a hand on their mouth. The voice of the leaders was hushed, and their tongue clung to the roof of their mouth. Now, I'll give you some more context for this. In, in the Bible or in, in Scripture, we see in ancient times, the city gates was a place where the judges and the elders would come and rule on things, okay? So, um, and that's where uh, um, judgments were recognized and handed down. Now, there are many places uh, recorded in Scripture, and I'll show you some of them, but let's go with that idea. And it wasn't just the Hebrews, but most of the ancient world, as far as I could tell, even Egypt and stuff like that had different things within, underneath how you entered into different places, you know, had them in, up on top as you entered in, and they were proclaiming certain things. We even saw Bethsaida, the gates of Bethsaida when we were in Israel. We went to the gates, and you saw certain things where you had to do certain sacrifices to the God that was over that city or that time, and certain things, uh, exchanges, and all kinds of things went on at the city gates, okay, including these judgments. And oh, one just came to my head I didn't put down here. Remember we're, we're um, uh, in Sodom and Gomorrah. Where was Lot? He was in the city gates. That's where he was. So that means that would tell us that he was some kind of elder judging, uh, putting forth judgments, you know, judging what was right or wrong or giving rule within that, in that city, okay? So, um, oh, you know that song, Lift Up Your Gates, Your, all right? It's a cool song, right? But recognize that wording, okay? It comes from Psalms uh, 24, 9. Lift up your gates, O, uh, lift up your heads, O you gates. Because how does a gate lift up its head? Well, it's those who are there at that gate who are rulers. Meaning, short form, those who are governors or rulers of that city, lift up your heads and know that the Almighty is above you. So you have a ruler above you who has judgments that you should be upholding, okay? So it brings a lot more to that song when you sing it now, okay? There's a lot more to that song. So, so it, oh, and actually in Psalm it goes, uh, lift, uh, lift up your everlasting doors and let the sovereign of esteem of glory come in. So you can even see what it's proclaiming in Psalms 24, 9. And you can go back and read even more on that. So let's go to Proverbs 21. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Okay. Solomon, uh, second Solomon 9. So the sovereign rose up and sat at the gate and told all the people saying, look, the sovereign is sitting in the gate and all the people come before the sovereign. Um, as for Israel, they had fled, each one to his tent. So, I never thought. 
since we're on this subject. What are we to place in our doors, in our gates? I'll give you a hint. We say it every Shabbat here at Living Messiah. Go ahead, just blurt it out. Come on, you know it. It's on the door right behind. Um, and, and you are to write these upon your doors and upon your gates, right? So you're going to see even there this concept of what should be on the gates of our doors and our houses. Not only it be written out, it's one thing, yes, I think to fulfill the commandment, you need the mezuzah, and I tend to like for anyone, even the FedEx man when he comes to the door, can read and know what rules and what household that he is on. But if it's just words and we're not doing them, we can see it's like having Scripture, you know, having the Bible in if you're not doing it, it becomes worthless, all right? So let's not make these words worthless. Something happened, did it not? Let me go back. What do I have to do, Ward? Do I go to the mini-Mac? Sorry for that. We're trying out some new avenues and technology. We're back. Okay, so we read the Proverbs. We talked about that, okay? And, oh, by the way, you can find that in Deuteronomy 6, okay? Even though we read it every day, that's so you know where that that is in Scripture. We read about that. Deuteronomy, and you shall write them upon your doorposts in your house and upon your gates, okay? So let's go on, Deuteronomy 17. When any matter arises which is too hard for you to judge between blood and blood, between plea and plea, between stroke and stroke, matters of strife within your gates... Then you shall rise and go up to the place which Yahweh, your Elohim, chooses, and you shall come to the priests, the Levites, and, and to the judge who is in those days, and, and, and shall inquire. And they shall declare to you the word of right ruling. This will come back later, okay? And you shall do according to the word which they declare to you from that place which Yahuwah chooses. And you shall guard to do according to all that they instruct you. Sounds pretty familiar already, doesn't it? Messiah is like kind of quoting this, sort of. Okay? And do according to the key thing, the Torah and which they teach you according to the right rulings which, which they say to you. You do not turn to the right or to the left from the word which they declare to you. So you notice here it was matters that are hard, okay? That's one of the th- uh, things that I see that we're going to run into. So it seems now the place for, uh, that seems now the place for the hearing of the cases is, is now where he places his name. Where does he place his name? Eventually it was Jerusalem. But in the meantime, where he was placing his name was where that Ark of the Covenant was. Okay? It was where that, uh, the tabernacle, Mishkah, the tabernacle was. That's where he ruled from. That's where things were now. Since they were, in some ways, in Deuteronomy, they haven't gone into the land yet. All right? So wherever he's placing his name is wherever he, Yahuwah, is, and that's the Ark of the Covenant. Okay? Yes, Joe. Okay, it almost sounds like a uh, court scene. Where it is. They, uh, where they uh, 
have a, a matter and they come and uh, assess uh, uh, whatever uh, you're told to do, do it. And it's almost like a referee in a court scene where you have the judge who is the, if I understand it, it's the priests and the Levites. Mm -hmm. And to judge uh, who in, the, in those days and shall inquire, and they shall declare, is, this is what you have to do, declare to you uh, according to all that they instruct you. In other words, the priests and the Levites are instructing what's to happen. Yes. No, I agree. And we're going to look at some more stuff and maybe try to clarify even more of that, you know, because it... Because uh, we're dealing with the seed of Moses, like in the New Testament, and some of we, uh, like I pointed out, some of the very verbiage is almost the same that Yeshua is referring back to. And the key thing here is the Torah. Okay. Yes. I don't know if you're going too fast for this, then for jumping ahead, but that's where if you go further in uh, Devarim 17, which would make. Uh, the Pharisees and the false witnesses guilty of death because it was a kangaroo court. It was bearing false witness, and none of them could keep their story straight, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, when uh, at particular times, yes. Okay. But no, awesome. Thank you, brother. Because um, and while we're on this subject, uh, uh, right here, talking about you know how. Um, uh, Jerusalem's involved because that's where he places his name. We saw that happen with the tabernacle. Eventually, when they got into the land, and after a while, then the temple was set up. Okay, uh, Isaiah two three and actually Micah four two almost read the same exact way. And many people shall come up and say, "Come and let us go up to the mountain of Yahuwah." You guys recognize that, right? Okay to the house of our God, our Elohim, of Jacob, and let him teach us his ways and let us walk in his paths. For out of Zion goes forth the what? The Torah and the word of Yahuwah from Jerusalem. Okay? And that just happens to be where Yeshua is, isn't he? At the time of Passover. Okay? Start piling all these these um, pictures together. It's awesome. So, like the brother says, let's continue on. Uh, and Deuteronomy 16 is interesting. Appoint judges and officers within your gates, which Yahweh your Elohim is giving you according to the tribes, and you shall judge the people with righteousness, right ruling. Okay? So that's really narrowing it down. You better start understanding what the Torah is, what righteousness is, and how to judge righteously with what righteousness is. And let me tell you, it's not easy. But sister, please. <laughs> Ralphie, it kind of reminds me of the authority that is given to oversee the chosen people is great. It takes me back to the story of Pincus. The authorities that had allowed the sin to come in the camp, they yes. were hanged. They lost their life because they did not protect the people through Torah. So anybody that sat at the gate had to be very aware of Torah rulings because their life depended upon it. Yes. Had to be righteousness. So whoever was saying they were teaching the Torah only in that seat 
were probably very true mm -hmm. because otherwise it wouldn't have been considered righteousness and it could have cost them their life. Yes. No, that, and it's interesting that you said that about knowing it. And Mark had touched upon it a little bit too because remember the commandment is given to any of the kings of Israel to write down their own copy and understand this. Okay, because they were in a position and a seat as well um, of judging uh, the nation at the same time. John. So we're required to honor his commandments, his statutes, his ordinance, and his judgments. That's what people do from the seat of Moses do. They make judgment, stare decisis, if you will. Mm -hmm. Right? You need to honor that as well. As things come along... And decisions are made because you have conflicts, like Joseph was talking about. That's one of the things you need to honor. You don't get to say, well, I'm going to go to another court. No, when it gets to that point, it's decided. That's a judgment. Deal with it. Actually, what John's talking about is really the point I want to get at, okay? And that's different because Messiah then continues on with other things. But um, we'll take a look at that. But something, judgment being passed, okay? So let me continue here. Um, we talked about the gates of the city for, and it seemed like, uh, we saw where the small matters would be uh, there. Okay. But then when there are bigger issues, they went to a little bit higher court. We have somewhat the same structure in some ways here too. Okay. So not everything was taken to the temple. Not everything should go to the Supreme court. Okay. Okay. And we see somewhat of the, the same kind of breakdown that we have uh, in scripture, and I'll show you that. So, um, just like we have, we have local, uh, we have our local, we have our city and state, and then the federal. So we have that like sort of today. So maybe that will help as well too. Okay. So how does Moses see fit into all this, and where uh, and and where does it come from? Exodus eighteen. This is interesting. Check this out. And it came to be on the next day that Moses sat. <laughs> Here's the seat of Moses. So Moses sat. If he sat, then he sat on a seat. And it would be Moses' seat, right? Okay, another joke. Come on, guys. So, the, so that Moses sat and um, rightly ruled the people. And the people stood before Moses from morning until evening. And then the father-in-law of Moshe saw that, um, that he did this uh, for the people. He said, what is this that you, that, um, uh, that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit by yourself and all the people stand before you from morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to, to me to seek Elohim, to seek God. Then they have, when they have a matter, they, they come to me and I rightly rule between one and another and make known the laws of Elohim and his Torahs, or his Torahs, his teachings and his guidelines, Okay. And the father-in-law of Moses said to him, "What are you doing? Uh, what you are doing is not good. Both you and these people with uh, with you shall certainly wear themselves out, for the for the matter is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it. Uh, do it um, to do it by yourself. Now listen to my voice. Let me counsel you, and Elohim be with you." 
Stand before Elohim for the people, and you shall bring the matters of Elohim, and you shall enlighten those concerning the Torah, or the laws of the statutes and certain things like that, rulings, and the Torah and the teachings, and you shall and show them the way which they should walk and the work which they do. But you yourself seek out from all, all the people, able men, who fear Elohim, men of truth, hating unfair gain, these place over them to rule thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And then you shall rightly rule the people at all times. And it shall be then be that they bring every great matter to you, but they themselves rightly rule every small matter. So you make light of yourself, for they shall bear with you. So this is kind of interesting. So overall, we find that these sitting in the seat of Moses are the judges, okay? That's what I see in the New Testament, okay? Uh, these were to be elders, priests, Yeshua's time. These positions were held by the ruling elite, which were the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, okay? Um. This was the Sanhedrin itself, how that was made up. It was basically a religious court, for the lack of words, okay? A religious court. This is why he said to his followers to observe what the, whatever the Pharisees um, command you to do when they were in the seat of Moses, okay? To me, I see there's a separation between Traditions of men, but this seat of Moses, I believe collectively, was a place where there was disputes. Joe stole from me, and I know it, okay? So me and Joe, we go before the Pharisees and Sadducees. So Messiah is saying, do what they rule on that from the Torah, all right, and uphold that. But don't do and act like they do in their own private lives, okay? Sometimes I, I think to myself, uh, this one thing. Say if you have a neighbor and he's a state patrolman. Let's pick on them, okay? And you you know that he's not this righteous guy. He's a drunkard, beats his wife, and blah, 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 okay? You just happen to know that. And he pulls you over for running a stop sign, all right? So you might know that, but he's judging rightly and giving you a ticket because you were wrong, Okay? So that has nothing to do with his lifestyle and things like that, that you're going to sit and reject that ticket. He's not a righteous man. He does this and this and that. And, but you were wrong. Okay? So that's what I think is happening here. Where the seed is Moses is where he starts off there. Okay? Because that's very important to have ruling. Messiah is not proclaiming, don't listen to any judge. Just have at it. Whatever you think in your own eyes, go and do right? No, it can't be that. So, and it can't be that he's throwing away what is written either. So it has to come down to some of the traditions, how they behaved, and certain things that actually I think will prove my point when we go back and look at Matthew as it goes. It's real personal things, okay? Uh, don't behave like maybe they behave. But whatever they're saying from that position, and it's a righteous judgment, okay? Uphold that, but don't do as they, don't do like some of these politicians do, even though some of them are pretty right on some of their concepts, but don't behave like them either, all right? 
My brother. Uh, man of God, that is a phenomenal word. Just to also remind the people that uh, Messiah did not also, uh, was not advocating doing away with Pharisees. Rav Shaul said, I am a Pharisee and never gave that up. So I really like what you're saying, and it's spot on. Good job. Uh, thank you. And then, you know, what he's saying, too, and I've mentioned that to you guys before, you know, just because here and there he's railing on the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the scribes, it doesn't mean that they're these unintelligent and did know nothing about the Torah or anything, okay? We can't view it that way. I even try to promote that anytime you see that he's talking to the Pharisees or the Sadducees, put yourself there. Are you one of them? on that particular issue that he's dealing with them on? Okay. Sister. Uh, what this brings to mind for me is that when you were saying abide by the rules but don't do as they do, is just like in our time is now about um, somewhere in the Bible it states that obey the law of the land. So we have to obey the laws and rules of the, you know, things like paying our taxes and stuff, and then it brings to mind about um, how they approved gay marriage, and everybody could get married now that's gay, but it doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean that we have to. Yeah, and so all but it also doesn't mean that we have to hush either. Right. We have that right as well. And that's what I've been starting to do lately. And um, but just because it's legal doesn't mean it's right. And so exactly. all those people that are getting married, they're still going to have to pay for it. It's not like it's right. <laughs> I know. So there, I don't there's know. There's a lot of issues there. <laughs> yes, sister. So thank you. So we see, <laughs> we see then, uh, because when they were in the seat of Moses, it meant they were trying cases according to the Torah. Okay. Thus, Yahuwah commanded them in Deuteronomy 17, where we were just at. We saw that, okay? Um, in this case, the scribes and the Pharisees were the judges and were required to judge the cases according to the Torah. However, they decide the judgment handed down was to be obeyed, okay? So Messiah is not up against, uh, um, uh, against them in that, in that sense, yeah, what was the beer? He's not throwing away out the rule of law, okay? Messiah's just not doing that. Yes. Well, you know, uh, Ralphie, there was a, someone in our family that told me, oh, the uh, dietary laws are done away with. Well, hey, okay, they're done. You think they're done away with, but you're still going to pay the price. One way or the Whether other, Whether you right? think so or not. <laughs> yes. Eat what you want. Love that porky pig, baby. <laughs> thank you, Dad. So understanding it from this perspective, thank you, Dad. Uh, the seed of Moses then is clear. It's about the Torah and the commandments and not the oral traditions, okay, uh, that are equated sometimes to the Torah of God, okay? So keep that in mind. Uh, or being put above the Torah. So Yeshua isn't, say, uh, Yeshua isn't saying obey the traditions that are handed down. Now, something on traditions, though, I got to say this. It doesn't mean that they're all bad either because we got great traditions, but it's when they get in, the, in a place somehow and they, it, they can easily work in one way or the other. So we always have to be on guard about that. It's not bad to have them. Okay, and I think they, Messiah even put fences around certain things, but some of these traditions are, can be very insightful for us, okay? But it's when we take it upon up above and say, 
the Almighty says, you shall do this tradition, okay? There becomes the problem for me. Okay, yes, brother. Well, just a quick expound on that first part of uh, the foods, and I believe they're deemed in Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14, I think where people get messed up, is Nestle and Allen in 1926 decided for whatever their reasons are for Mark 7:19. hence Jesus declared all foods clean. Well, yeah, it was just a misunderstanding. Of even the, if he the did, they, he deemed them clean way back then. The yeah. two chapters that I mentioned. Secondly, the traditions. Um, Paul has something to say about this. And I'll use two sound bites. As long as they're not contrary to the scriptures, we're fine. Because you have Paul in 1 Corinthians 11 too. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. And you also have Second Thessalonians, I believe, 2.15. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where Peter wrote in, and this applies to a lot of nowadays Christians, because these people wrestle. Because Paul's things are hard to be understood, and they wrestle the scriptures to their destruction. Because he never once went against the Torah. No, not at all. I don't. Uh, you know, I don't see that at all. Thank you, brother. So, and that's where I think we're, how we have to understand this and, and um, come about it. I wanted to give you a quick example of this type of thing going on. For instance, I can use Living Messiah uh, as an example. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, some of us leaders being in a position, people come to us asking on certain things, certain issues, whatever the issues may be. And we'll give them suggestions. Hey, if you follow this out, but we're not dictating how, how, um, how those uh, things maybe should be done. Okay. It's on a particular issue. That's, let me use this for instance. Um, someone comes to, they have this issue going before. So we'll sit and we'll go over, and it was like, hey, stick to this. We think this is the best way to, to do that, okay? Now, they don't have to listen to it or whatever, but the point is, okay, you've asked us. We've given a ruling on how we see this should fit for our community as a whole, and we expect you to uphold that. We're not putting forth traditions, okay? I don't go around, and you won't hear this from any of the leadership that, you have to have your tzitzit about two inches from your knee, and if it doesn't have X amount of knots on it, then it's no good here, okay? See, there's a huge big difference between that, and we can't confuse it. But the tzitzit, you'll never hear me say, I, the scripture says to wear that, to wear that. You'll always hear me. You'll hear me tell you that the Shabbat is the seventh day, and by all means, try to uphold it. But I understand we're not going to go out and pound your heads in and that because the Father has to work with you in your unique situation where you're at that. We're not going to put more burden on you, and we shouldn't. And that goes for each and every one of us. Should not put more burdens on one another, okay? Because we are all in different places. We are all struggling, okay, with this world that we all made somehow, and it's a mess. But we have the Almighty that can get us right through that. But we have to stick together and we have to judge one another with righteous judgment and understanding as well. 
That's what I think Messiah is proclaiming, because as we go, go through these, you start to see that he's picking on most arrogant type things, because he talked about the tzitzits being long or whatever. Well, brother, if you're coming to me and that's your biggest issue that you're unhappy with my tzitzit, I think you've got to go back to a lot of the simplistic things maybe in the Christian church, okay, of loving one another and trying to understand, you know, so we can't behave that way. That's what Messiah to me is pointing out this arrogance and not knowing right judgment, which all of us should be able to have right judgment when we're talking to a brother or a sister, maybe where they're at, okay? And I don't have the answers for all those little things, but if you stick with the scriptures, learn how to love one another, those things will come out. Now, we'll mess it up here and there, but remember, we can forgive each other and continue on, right? All right? So um, I'm getting low here on time, um, Joe. Yeah, you are talking about traditions. Uh, there's a lot of negativism in traditions. As uh, a person saying, well, my dad did it, my grandfather did it, his grandfather did it, going back so far, so therefore I must be right. But uh, that's one of the problems because you look at the Bereans, how they check things out through Correct. Scripture, and you cannot hold, or at least I think, you cannot hold to traditions in the pure sense of the word because that will pull you away from what Yeshua says in the Hebrew scriptures. No, no, I agree. And I'm glad you mentioned that part of it because I got to tell you, you know, some of you guys out there, you know, we talk, we have differences on how we view some things. But I'm getting along with you and you should do the same with other brothers and sisters. Okay. You know when it's really out there. Okay, when there might be an issue. Okay, so this kind of back up the whole point here. Uh, and John five has: Do not think that um, that I shall cause. Um, uh, do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. He's, I believe he's talking to the Pharisees or the Sadducees here. Forgive me because I can't remember. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you uh, have set your expectation. For if you believe Moses, you should believe me since he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how shall you believe my words? Now, I know he's uh, here, Yeshua is talking about something different. So, uh, but I'm just applying the whole concept here that we should understand. We need to understand what Moses said and what he meant. We need to understand our Old Testament, okay? And again, I know the... Uh, here, Messiah is addressing something different, but I think we can glean this whole thing. But if you do not believe the words of Moses, that can be applied very largely. If you don't believe that what Moses says is good today, you fill in the rest. So the focus is uh, the Matthew portion is between the Torah, what is written, and traditions of the elders, okay? That's where I think is the key thing. Yeshua has, um, has other corrections uh, in their walk. And uh, I don't know why I wrote that. That makes no sense. Sorry about that. I'm like, I don't even know my own writing, my notes. Who knows what I was thinking there? Okay. He, he, so he's not throwing away the Torah. He is using it to give guidance. He always has done that from the book of John, the book of Matthew, everywhere. And everyone following Messiah, all the same, 
Okay, it was always the Torah, Torah giving us uh, those. Traditions are fine if they do not overshadow the words of Elohim. Okay? Luke has, but he said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither uh, would they be persuaded, even if one should rise from the dead. That's kind of interesting. You know, Moses is mentioned a lot in the New Testament. Messiah uses them to uphold what? So if we know what Moses stand for, what the seed of Moses stand for, because it's kind of the subject, but in general who Moses is, that's the Torah. We can't throw that away, okay? We just can't. So Malachi 4, remember the Torah of Moses, my servant, which I commanded you in Hurub for all Israel, the laws, the right rulings, even before the New Testament is begun the last some of the last words from the last prophet was remember what the torah of moses remember the commandments of the elohim for you all of israel grafted in or by blood one commandments for all and then matthew do not think i come to destroy the torah or the prophets, I do not come to destroy, but to complete them, fulfill them, show you how they are going to be walked out, okay? So Messiah is not against the Torah of Moses or what is written. Is there a hand up that I didn't see? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Polly. Go ahead. No, that's fine. So in going back to your Matthew 23 and the comment that you just made, he didn't come to do away, but to walk it out before them. I think one of the things that we have seen um, when we established this community is that the seed of Moses taught us that the that it's a seat of serv- it, it's a seat of servanthood. Mm-hmm. That I see Matthew twenty three. These men who understood the words of Moses were not sitting in a seed to serve, but had elevated themselves to a position of set apart elite instead of keeping themselves as the humble servant among them in walking out the words of Moses as an example before them. That's one of the reasons why, um, if you, and this, you may or may not know this, even when we weren't in this building, there was a platform and we took the bima off of that platform and put it in a, the same level position that everyone sits in. That's why we don't, some people have said, why don't you raise the Bema or the musicians? We could make, you know, a, a, a place for them. But we have said, that's not where our heart is. We have always felt that we're learning alongside everyone, including the teacher. He does sit in a, pos- in a position of, of, you know, spiritual authority because like Ralphie that has been with his face before the Almighty and prepared to teach us today, the, the issue is that we haven't elevated anyone walking in that seat of teaching above those that fellowship with us. Thank you, sister. And that's perfect to leave on, uh, to leave that there. I have to do close. So keep all of what we just thought about, what we talked about. Can you do that till next week? And then we'll read through it, and then, then we can... Um, what I hope is you'll see a difference between how Messiah is not throwing away one thing, but he's kind of dressing the behaviors of, like how Polly said, lifted up men, men that maybe got to certain positions and they're only interested in the benefits of those certain positions. 
So let me close in prayer. Father Yahweh, we give you great thanks. Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you for your spirit. And ultimately, we thank you for the blood of your son, Yahshua, Father, whom we trust that you sent to us. And Father, the proof is he's bringing us back to you and your Torah. And we thank you, Father. Be with us today and may it be pleasing as we uplift your name and character and power so that we can overcome anything that comes before us. We thank you again, Yahuwah. Amen. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Those online will be back in about 30 minutes. So thank you. I, I am very honored and thank you for listening to me. <laughs>